Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up Uninhibited. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? Uh, today, I'm doing pretty well, man. Thanks. Uh, I feel a lot better. Yesterday, I just... I've been so busy. I've been pushing myself really hard and kind of burning the candles at both ends, as my buddy Russ said. And I ended up sleeping pretty much the entire day yesterday. I was just feeling so awful. So I'm feeling much better today. How are you? That's good. I'm 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 doing all right. I uh, my uh, my birthday was on Sunday. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Happy was, birthday it, once again. Thank you. It was a little it was a little rough because. Uh, the only people I had heard from were like friends that aren't close. Um, and, uh, like my, my mom remembered she said happy birthday in the morning. And then, uh, my dad gets home from work and we were going to go out and door dash, which I wasn't really excited about. And then all of a sudden he just goes, you know what? Go ahead and just go upstairs and relax. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll do something that like we'll work other, you know, other days. I was like, oh, Okay. And I get upstairs and I get a text from him an hour later. It says, oh, my God, I forgot to say happy birthday. I'm just like, OK, cool. Neat. And uh, and then I get a text from my mom saying, like, sorry, we can't do anything because, you know, we're broke. And I'm just like, OK, of course we are. But I was kind of hoping that maybe there was like a slight like, let's go get ice cream or something to that effect. Literally nothing happened on Sunday. That sucks, man. And I had, I had like the worst, like, does anyone actually give a shit about me kind of mental state. Uh, but later that night, I got, a t- I got, a, you know, I got a text from a few people, talked to a few people throughout the week, and it was more or less that a lot of people were su- were busy on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so next Sunday, it was Sunday, also like, like the- Easter. And it was Easter, and there was, there was a lot. There was a lot, and I get it. But the thing that I think kind of sucks, and and apparently I have every right to be upset about it, is that um, not getting a call from any of my siblings on the day of really fucking sucked. Yeah, I can understand that, man. Uh, Especially when I'm close with like two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, one, you watch her kids at the drop of a hat for her anytime she needs, and yeah, it just yeah, it was it was it was just a little depressing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it, you know, hey, that shame on her. I'm just saying I can see why you would be upset at that because you know you do a lot to help them out when you when you can. And plus two, you know, this summer t- things are going to be changing. You know, and I'm not yeah. specifying why, of course. Well, we can we we can say the the why, but there's a you know yeah. So so I think I've said it on the podcast before, but uh, my brother got a massive promotion, and so her and my nephews and him they're all moving to St. Louis. Yeah, 
And that's, um, you know, about 2,000 miles away from your current location. And that sucks, man, especially when you are close to your sister and you spend so much time with your nephews. I mean, that's that's a bummer. So I can see why you would have been a little down about, you know, not getting at least a phone call from them on your birthday or, you know. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, and, and on, on, the, on the other side of that, you know, like, she did contact me finally and said that she... Her and Michael want me over this upcoming Sunday for sushi and um, so like a belated celebration. Yeah, and pretty much everything's going to be belated just because everything that's going on with my family is keeping them constantly busy. So this was just not a good year in general for birthday celebrations. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, and you know, but uh. But like I can said, I'm, see I'm, you in I'm the moment. It, but at the yeah, t- yeah, at the time, I can see why you were down about it, and that's totally understandable, dude. Yeah, so it was, it was uh, a little bit of a roller coaster there, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 all good. I mean, I'm really excited for Endgame, and and oh, uh, me too. Fucking uh, this upcoming Sunday for uh, Game of Thrones is going to be intense. What's Game of Thrones? That uh, it's just like a little indie underground show on uh, one of those paid for TV channels. Oh, is it any good? Yeah, I've not yeah, really a, ever heard much about it. That's all right. It's got like I don't know, like sixty million views per like episode. You know, no biggie. Jesus Christ! I thought you said it was a little indie project. <laughs> no, so so if you do watch Game of Thrones... Um, I honestly never it. have, but I always fuck around with people and say, what's Game of Thrones? But yeah, my intent, yeah. you know, I know everybody has hopped the shit out of it for years and years and years. Well, you know, Netflix has kind of ruined me, and I would prefer not to wait, you know? So, I don't want to well, be... there's only four episodes left, so... Yeah, yeah, there's four episodes left, I realize this. And I'm the kind of person, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait another week or two, and then I'm going to start at season one and binge and watch as much as I can when I can up to the end. And that way, I don't have to be one of them suckers that have been on board since day one and wait for the entire fucking thing and then have to go a year and a half in between season seven and eight and all this and be like, oh, I need my fix. I need my fix. Now I'm just going to get it all. I'm going to overdose on Game of Thrones. That's my plan. That's totally that's totally understandable because uh, between seasons uh, seven and eight, it was 500 and some odd days. Wait. Yeah, like what I just said, so, a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's insane. And... What what makes this upcoming Sunday so important is this is almost a finality kind of thing. Um, Gearing up for the big ending. Oh, no, no. This, like, you know how some shows do a thing where, like, the second to last, the penultimate episode has the uh, the big thing that it's been kind of driving towards, and then the last episode is the, the wrap-up? Mm-hmm. This feels like that penultimate penultimate episode, even though there's three more after. Such a good word, penultimate. I like being able to say the word penultimate. Anytime you can throw the word penultimate into a sentence, it's pretty great. I agree. I enjoy it myself. But yeah, so it's just... It's it's, it's basically the Helm's Deep battle, essentially, is what it feels like, and I'm fucking stoked, but... um, But yeah, we... uh, So, so guys, uh, if you remember two weeks ago... We uh, we talked about the summer movie wager. We uh, did. 
Um, I'll briefly run over the rules in just a second, just in case you don't know or you didn't listen to last episode, or, or not last episode, but last uh, um, Uninhibited. Um, but we did get a lot of submissions, so thank you guys for, for dropping those in. Uh, we'll get to those in a moment. We'll get to our own list in a second here. Um, but what, if you don't know, what the Summer Movie Wager is, is a contest, uh, um, a wager, if you will, between um, uh, however many people are involved. And the idea is that you pick the top ten grossing films of a of the summer between a time period. Usually that time period changes or adjusts depending on the year and the films coming out. This year, it's April 26th to Labor Day weekend. Today. Um Yes, today is the episode's releasing. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's not though, um, because we record, you know, before. Anyway, that's how you do a podcast, folks. Um, well, you can do it live, for instance. I you do, could, you could I do, it do live. Mass, I do MPSP Theater live every Friday night on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel with my friends, and uh, you guys should check that out tonight. Well, here's my question: Is when does that episode go up on podcasts like platforms? Uh, well, as of this week, uh, you know, before you could only ever catch it on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel live. As of this week, we have been added to, uh, iTunes and, uh, Stitcher, uh, MPSP okay. Theater, yeah. Does that go up like the day after or two days after or something? I assume that it does because I'm not the one that's in control of that. Gotcha. I know that with like, uh, Mission Start, uh, we record it live uh, on on Twitch at twitch.tv slash mission start slash sorry let me rephrase mission that underscore mission underscore start. start because some fucking somebody owns the mission start tag and and hasn't used it and then Twitch is kind of like well I don't know what we can do about it and it's like okay cool guys thanks um but yeah we record it live and then we we upload it like we record it Wednesday and then I think it goes up Saturday. On like uh, you know Stitcher and and iTunes and all that stuff, um, but uh, and Spotify, we're also on Spotify, but um, also we we take each segment, each new segment, and and upload that one tiny ten minute thing on YouTube. So that's what I was asking because a lot of podcasts do the whole like record, edit, and then upload. Um. Anyway, we're getting off topic here, guys, with the summer movie wager. So what it is, you pick the top ten grossing films of a of the summer in a certain time period. You uh, you compile them and 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 how you think they're going to do. Um, you then pick three that you think might make the top ten, but you're just not sure enough. Uh, and then at the end of everything on on after Labor Day weekend. Um, the website itself that I use, and there's now a Twitter page, which I didn't know until recently, uh, they'll list the top ten based on North American sales. And uh, the way that the scoring system works is that if you get one or ten dead on, 13 points. If you get two through nine dead on, you get ten points. Sorry, let me rephrase that because I said that wrong. One or ten is 13 points. Two through nine is ten points. If you're, if a movie is one spot away, it gets seven points. If it's two spots away, it gets five points. If it's anywhere in the top ten, um, you get three points. And if a dark horse made it into the top ten, you get one point. 
usually the dark horses become the tiebreaker situations. Um, but uh, the other the other caveat is that you don't get double the points for things. So like, uh, you know, like one in ten is is thirteen points if it's dead on. But I also said like three points if it's anywhere in the top ten. You don't get ten and thirteen. You just get thirteen. Or sorry, three and thirteen. You yeah. just get thirteen. Sorry, slightly wrong. The point is, you get one denomination of of point value for where the movie lies, the highest possible denomination. So the um, highest possible score you can actually get is what one hundred and six, something like that. Yeah. So like yeah, ten points, like, ten points for one through ten each, and then the plus three for each of one and number ten. So one hundred and six is the highest possible score. Yes, that is your 300 scoring bowling game, essentially. And and I have been playing this for a decade now, and I have never seen a perfect game. Never. So, uh, if you were the first, congratulations. I imagine that there have been, I've just never seen. Um, I've also never done it. However, I think my, my biggest score was like 86 one year. Gosh. Like I, I, I had every movie on the list. It's just a lot of them were kind of jumbled around. I know I had my, I know I had one in 10 dead on and then I had like three more dead on and then it was everything else was just kind of on the list, but all 10 movies were correct. Um, I couldn't fucking tell you what year that was <laughs> but I know that it happened it was awesome so um, what we're going to do now is uh, Josh and I are just going to discuss our personal lists and why we put things in the way we did and then we'll get to your guys' list that you submitted um, but uh, I'll let you go first <clears throat> yeah I was like yeah I was like I don't know so I usually like to start with top t- with the with the with the uh, dark horses, okay, just to get them out of the way. Yeah. So my three dark horses are Brightburn, Men in Black International, and Child's Play. Okay. Um. I don't know. Are any of those three in your top ten? Uh, Brightburn is. Interesting. Okay, so the reason. Okay, so I'll, I'll explain why I don't think Brightburn is going to make the top ten. Um. It. I think it'll do very well, but I it, it doesn't seem like the kind of film that I think people are going to flock to the theater to see. Um, I think uh, uh, a lot of people are going to see that movie post-theater release. Like, it's going to do really well at the home box office, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, to me, is... I'm very excited for it, but... Uh, it subverts that superhero trope, and I just don't think a mass majority of people are going to be that interested. I've I've seen comments on it, and people are just like, Superman's not supposed to be a bad guy. And I think there's going to be way too many people who are going to have that mindset with this film. So, like, but I, but it does have the potential to hit in top ten at some point. Like, it, I, I feel it could, mm-hmm. but just not, not enough. Yeah, not yeah, enough. I'm kind of the same way on that, but. It looks pretty, uh, pretty outstanding, and it's something that yeah. I would actually go see more than some of these things that I do have listed in the top ten. But you know, <laughs> I don't have the I don't have the taste of the general movie going audience either. Yeah, it's true. 
Um, what's your dark horses? Um, Bradburn, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Dark Phoenix. Interesting. Okay. So, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood isn't even in my thing at all. Uh, I just don't... Here's my thing. The, the people who go and see Tarantino's films are people who know his films, know his work, and want to see his next thing. And I think it'll do well, because his films are usually low-budget-ish. Um, but I think my biggest, my biggest thing about that particular film, it's not being very well advertised. It's not, but it's also Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie, which are, you know, she's I would a hot argue commodity. that Margot. Uh, I was, yeah, I was gonna say she would arguably be the thing you advertise the most for that film. Yeah, I don't see Brad Pitt or or Leonardo DiCaprio being selling points necessarily as of today. No, but they are rock solid actors, and you know. Their films usually do well, but because it is Tarantino and he's such a niche director uh, with an odd take on things, I don't see this being an absolute slam dunk for the top ten. But I see it might. Yeah, I see it might make I mean, it there. I don't I, like. I honestly don't even see that. I see it being much lower than that. I mean, I hope it's a really good movie. It'll likely be a very fun movie. Has I, Tarantino I done I, a bad movie? I was just about to say, I don't, yeah, I don't think Tarantino's done a bad movie, but... In um, my opinion, he's never done a bad movie. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I just, love I think that, his films. Yeah, same. I, I just think that uh, one of the biggest problems with, like, how the movie-going movie going audience kind of views his films is not how we view those films. Yeah. So, I don't think that it's just going to do that well. But anyway, so we should get to the top ten. So what I want to do with you, Josh, is... Alternate our uh, picks. Alternate our picks. We'll start with number 10. Uh, my number 10 is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Really? Yeah, it's... I I think that it being Godzilla, first off, it's going to bring a lot of people to the audience, mm-hmm. or to the, to the theater. Um, I think... I, I do believe that... Uh, uh, I do believe wholeheartedly that Legendary Pictures is going to advertise the living shit out of it. There was like, a new trailer drop for it yesterday or the day before. Did you see that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It looks awesome. I'm definitely going to go see it. Yeah, and I think that they're going to do more advertising for it. And they're definitely going to take a page from Skull Island and take a page from how people felt about uh, um the first Godzilla movie, and we're and they're going to strive really, really hard to make the uh, um, the fights more of a thing instead of you know off camera bullshit. Mm-hmm. So there just seems to be a lot more with this that's going to be uh, dope as hell, as they put it. I think it's going to um, do a little bit better now, so I've got a little higher up on my list. Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, my my, my number ten. Sure. I've got uh, Men in Black International. See, I, I just don't think that's going to make top ten. <clears throat> I really don't. Like it has the star power for sure, but 
Like, uh, is the audience there for Men in Black? Maybe. Is it? Maybe. I mean, you 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 think it there is there enough, but <laughs> well, <clears throat> Hemsworth, you know, <laughs> uh, it it it's that's why I have it at number ten because I think it could push into the top ten, but I almost I almost put this uh, in my dark horses and actually almost put Dark Phoenix in number ten, but. I just don't think Dark Phoenix, I think it's going to have a mediocre opening and just kind of limp along, and I don't think it's going to truly break the top ten. So, I I disagree with that, and I'll, I'll explain I'll explain why when I get to it on my list. Okay. Um, uh, my number nine is John Wick Chapter 3. Mm. Uh, I believe this is going to do very well. Uh, simply because the other films are more popular now than when they were released. This is true. Um, I just realized I need to turn off my Xbox. I'm just staring at fucking something playing video games. Uh, as the films had progressively come out, more and more people were just like, you gotta check out John Wick, you gotta check out John Wick. And then when John Wick 2 came out, if you look at the, the, the sales numbers from John Wick one and two, you can tell that there was an increase, in, a massive increase in popularity. And the way the internet kind of talks about John Wick 3 and their excitement for it and, and people understanding that the franchise is ending after this one, I think it's just going to do very well in the box office. But it, it's still a rated R film, so I don't think it's going to do as, like, it's number nine for a reason, because it's rated R. Yeah. But uh, other than that, yeah, that's, that's, that's as far as that thought process goes. <laughs> Got you. Your number nine? Well, I have... Let me get back to my list over here. I got Hobbs and Shaw. Um, the Fast and Furious spinoff. I mean, I know that is a very popular franchise, especially with the casual movie-going audience. Um, and, you know, it's... what The um, Hobbs and Shaw, I've never seen... Uh, a Fast and Furious movie, but I'm tell I'm tell I'm telling you, man. Like they're fucking dumb fun popcorn flicks. Yeah, and for a dumb fun popcorn flick, and you got Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham in it. I think people are going to like that. Plus, you've also I got heard. Idris Elba added to the mix, and The Rock's cousin Roman Reigns, who everybody loves to hate. Uh, when it comes to wrestling, anyway. <laughs> I, th yeah. I think it'll be, you know, it's top 10 for sure, but I don't think it's going to do as well as some of these other movies in front of it, just because it's not a full-on Fast and the Furious, uh, you know, that whole ensemble cast that people are used to. I think it's because they spin off and it's not going to, you know, some people aren't going to gravitate to it as well as they would have if it were a Fast and Furious movie. So I'll own. just outright say it. It's way higher on my list, but I'll, I'll explain why when we get there. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, my number eight is Dark Phoenix. Okay. So it's it's in my top ten for two reasons. Uh, it's it's technically the last Fox based uh, X Men film. Well, um, it's technically not. 
because New Mutants well, is. But, but New Mutants doesn't doesn't have this this cast of of, of actors and curtain quote unquote timeline. Yeah, New Mutants is almost completely isolated from everything else everything else going on in that continuity. So that's why I say technically it is. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I think that they're going to advertise it as such. Um, we've already seen a little bit of advertisement for in, in regards to that. Um, so I think they're really, really going to push that it's the last X-Men film or, you know, like, you'll never see these characters in this way again kind of thing. And uh, I think a lot of people who really enjoy the X-Men films are going to gravitate towards that. And when you look at number sales numbers from previous X-Men films, they're really good. They're really fucking good. <clears throat> so I think a, I think this is going to attract a shit ton of people, especially with the fact that it's kind of the it's the Dark Phoenix saga, which I think has a lot of people very interested. I mean, I personally give two shits, um, but that's also because I really don't like the Fox X Men films. I hate <laughs> I hate the uh, Fox X Men stuff. I mean, some of it I like. But here recently, I've really had a strong distaste for it. Apocalypse especially put a bad taste in my fucking mouth. Um, Fair enough. Because, I mean, hey, you've seen my screen name my, my that I use on Twitch, my Twitch handle. That's his name. That's Apocalypse's birth name. I've used that for 20 years now online since 1999. Um, so, yeah, it was a poorly done movie. And I'm not saying that all of the X-Men movies are poorly done, but this one was especially. Wolverine Origins was especially poorly done. Um, X3, uh, the final stand, was poorly done. And then the, the then you had some mediocre entries like the original X-Men um, and uh, the Wolverine. They were kind of, eh. And then you had some that were on the upper echelon, you know, First Class, Days of Future Past, X-Men 2, X-Men United, and Logan. Those are the three better ones, <clears throat> in my yeah, opinion. And, and, but he, but and, and my, my big thing about, about that, though, is that you and anyone else can all honestly have the opinion that they're not good. You cannot ignore sales numbers, period. No, like, but... They do exceedingly well. In this instance, though... I don't think that Dark Phoenix is going to do top ten good enough. It's it's going to be close, I, but I don't think it's going to be top ten. I legitimately think it's going to draw extra people in just based on it being the last in this continuity. Like that's literally it. Now, but what's your number? Now, um, as for is this something we've been talking about heavily the past few weeks on MPSP Theater with the Fox and Disney? the Disney acquisition of Fox and the merger and everything, when they bring those characters in, um, they, uh, sorry, I got a message. Somebody's sending in a last minute entry for their, gotcha. uh, movie picks. <laughs> um, I think they should just do clean slate casting of, everything X-Men related with the exception of Deadpool. And they've pretty much said they're going to do that. So yeah, I was like, yeah, that was, yeah, it was almost not directly said, but pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Um, As for my number eight, I've got the secret life of pets too. See, I did, I did not put that on my list at all. 
I think it's going to do well. I mean, it's an animated movie. I think parents and kids are going to, you know, go check it out. You know, because a lot of younger kids, especially, and parents are, that's the kind of movies they like. I think it's going to do well enough. I don't think it's. I mean, you might, you might be, you might be completely right in that. And, and I'm just an idiot because I fucking did not put Hotel Transylvania 3 on my goddamn list last year and it made the top 10. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, you might absolutely have that one. I just, I just, because here's the thing. Okay. So we were kind of briefly talking about this before we started uh, recording. That this list was actually fairly difficult for me to make because there's quite a few yeah. G to PG rated films this year, and it's really difficult to figure out which ones are going to do better than the others. So I'm just going to straight up say my seven and six because they're kind of neck and neck in my mind. Like, I don't know which one's going to do better, period. And that's Aladdin and The Lion King. Mm. Um, I put Lion King at number six just because it has the potential to slightly go better if if Aladdin sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but but as other people have pointed out, both films are just photorealistic versions of the animated ones. Yep. Like it's the same music, it's the same notes, it's the same beats. Like they they'll do well. The other films have done well that they've made in live action, so it's just like what <clears throat> I just don't know how exactly they're going to do against each other. Hmm. Well, my number seven, I've got Godzilla, King of Monsters. So you think it's going to do better than I do? Yeah. Right. And my number six is Aladdin. Okay. Yeah. So ours are not too far from each other. No, no. <laughs> I mean, we both agree it's going to do very well, and I'm probably going to see it. It's just, it's the how well is the issue. Um. My number five is uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Mm, okay. I think it's going to really hit on that, like, Pokemon fan base, which is huge. Um, well, it's I mean, it's, to, it's pretty much the most popular franchise in the entire fucking world. I wouldn't say that, but it's fucking close. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, merchandise-wise, it's pretty up there. Right, and and this takes a different spin on the Pokemon franchise, and I think a lot of adults taking their kids to see this movie, who probably don't enjoy Pokemon, might actually enjoy this film because it's not what you think of when you think of Pokemon. It's a completely subverted idea of the world itself. Yep. Uh, plus, you got Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu, and that's just fun. Yeah, Deadpool Chew. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to do very well. Mm. What's your five? Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, you have that a little bit lower on your list than I do. I wanted, why, why I do wanted you... to place it higher, but the things I have in front of it that are higher than that are solely for the amount of kids and parents. I have Detective Pikachu actually a little higher. Um, I'll just go ahead and tell you I've got it at my number four. Because I think more kids and parents are going to go want to go see Detective P Pikachu than more kids and parents want to go see Spider-Man. Kids and parents going to the movie theaters. This is a great move. This is a great summer for young kids uh, because there's a yeah, lot absolutely. of stuff that they're going to want to go see. It. There's a lot of parents that are going to take their kids to see these movies. Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Homecoming did well. And I think this is going to do better, 
but I think it's going to do better because of the comic book crowd added in over the uh, casual movie-going audience. I mean, yeah, kids love Spider-Man, but I think with all the other things and some younger kids be like, oh, they're really into Pokemon. Oh, they're really into Aladdin. Oh, they're really into this. They're going to go see that over Spider-Man. <clears throat> so that's why I have Spider-Man at number five. That's fascinating because I – so my number four is what you had, I think, at number nine, ten? Hobbs, uh, and, Hobbs Shaw. and Shaw. Yeah, I had it by number nine. Uh, so there's two things. Every time a Fast and Furious movie comes out, it does really fucking well. Um, it has, it has a, a fan base. It absolutely does. Um, well, here, like, there's not a single person that I personally know or that I've ever spoken to that looks at the Fast and Furious movies as anything more than high-budget B-movies. Um, they are over-the-top, they're silly, they're live-action cartoons, essentially, and they're fucking fun. Um, you would have never convinced me of that, um, had, you know, like, in a different context, but, um, having actually watched Four and On, because I, I say this all the time, the first Fast and the Furious movie has a very down-to-earth, serious tone, but it's a, a bad plot. <laughs> Like, it's not a very good plot. It's fun, but it's just not, like, it's 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 just a very serious, down-to-earth down to tone film. Number two lightens it up just a little bit, but not too much. It becomes a heist movie, essentially. Mm -hmm. And then three is just, I mean, uh, it's not like the O's two at all. It's about a kid coming to his own because he lives in Tokyo, but he's a, but he's a, uh, he's an American kid. Um, and then the franchise kind of died because three was not very well received at all. And then four comes out and the, and the, the, the way that they wrote and directed four was like, these are on par with the most over the top films you can think of. And as the series has continued from four, it's it just exponentially keeps top. getting more ridiculous. Which one was the one yeah. that they brought the rock in on five? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Because, again, my favorite, one of my favorite moments in the franchise overall has to do with The Rock. In the movie that they introduce him in, he gets his arm broken pretty early on. Oh, yeah. He's a cast on the whole film. about this, yeah. And just before the last, like, scene of the film, the last big moment, he <laughs> looks at his daughter and he flexes, literally flexes the fucking whole cast off his arm and says, Daddy's got to go to work. And it was the greatest fucking moment so, in that whole film. It was so awesome. So dumb. That's the point, though. That it's 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 awesome because it's dumb, and uh, I I love it for that. Um, but like, there's so many like like my, my one of my favorite things is I think it's six. There's a they're on a runway, and there's a plane trying to take off, but there's a bunch of cars tethering it down, and they're all going at a certain speed. Uh, above 60 miles per hour. And if you do the math on how long the scene is and how fast they're going, it's a 22-mile runway. <laughs> oh, wow. And most runways are, <laughs> yeah. what, two, two and a half miles long? If that. Yeah. If that. Like, it was. it's really fucking funny. And uh, 
there's a theory that the tenth film will actually take place in space, um, which I'm totally okay with because that's again the exponential ridiculousness growth keeps going up and up and up with each of these films. In the last movie, which did very well, The Rock and Jason Statham's characters, Hobbs and Shaw, had to interact with one another, and it was hilarious. Like it was some of the best stuff in that in that movie, and um. I remember saying out loud, like, I would love to see a film with just these two characters. And then they were just like, yeah, we got you, fam. These two characters with the writer of Deadpool, one movie. I was like, done. Fucking done. I'm in. Like, you already have my ticket. You don't have to show me a trailer. So I'm I, I'm very excited. I know that the fan base is excited about it. Um, and I think it's going to do well enough to, like, be in the upper top fucking ten. I really do. But yeah. So I went. Oh, what's your number three? Just to get yeah, it out. Yeah, my number three is good. Uh, yeah, I already told you my number four is Detective Pikachu. What was your number three? Uh, Spider Man. I have the Lion King. See, yeah, mine's lower. I think the Lion King. Um, while it's going to do very well, uh, and even though it comes out, I think after Aladdin. I can't remember. I think it's going to have... Aladdin's first, yeah. I think it's going to have a longer staying power at the box office. Just basing it on the history of the original Lion King in theaters? Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> here's my here's my reasoning why I think... I do agree Lion King will do better than Aladdin, but it'll be neck and neck because... Uh, there's only one diminishing factor for me, and that's kids kind of love talking animals more than they do other things. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, again, like, I just see them doing neck and neck. I don't see parents taking their kids to see this twice. I just see, like, a few more families going, talking animals, and then going and seeing it that where they didn't see Aladdin. So, anyway. But that's, you know, it's a fair bet. It's a fair bet. I, 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 I put Spider-Man number three because it's going to ride the coattails of Endgame. By the way, guys, we're just going to throw this out here right now. Endgame is number, number one. one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's there's no offense or buts. It's already broken re- like sales records in pre-sale. Like, it's pre-sale fucking records are going to kill anything on this list. Even if it sells no more tickets after this point, it's already killed everything on this list. Yeah. Easily. There's, there's um, no way that Endgame doesn't end up number one. And if yeah. if for some reason Endgame doesn't end up number one, I'll eat my left foot. That's the only one I still have. So I'll fucking yeah, I don't I'll suck the fucking shit out of a pig's ass if it doesn't make number one. That's how confident I am. I mean you everybody should have had Endgame number one on their list and if they're di- if they didn't have it on their list, there's they really need to take a step back and look and say, wow, I should have put that on there. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, what, well, he, you well, know, well we know we know our number one's in game. What's your number two? Well, before we get to number two, I was going to state a fact it's that probably last the same year, as mine. You've already, said your, you've, you've already said my number two. I don't remember if it was your four or three, but Toy Story 4. I didn't say Toy Story 4. I thought you did. No, but that's my number two as well. Yeah. Okay, so our number one, our one and two are the same. Yep. Everything else is different, yep. so, which is good, which is very good. Um, 
yeah, just Toy Story 4, man. Like, it's going to fucking kill. It's going to kill. Mm-hmm. I love the Toy Story franchise. Um, I didn't see the first one in theaters, but I've seen two and three in theaters. Um, I've actually seen all three in theaters, and but the first time I saw the when I saw Toy Story in theaters, uh, there was a local radio station that was doing giveaways. Nice. Uh, it was a country music station, <laughs> believe it or not. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't really listen to country. My mom did though. Ugh. Yeah, it was, does it was, she still have that but, personal um, issue? <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. Oh, uh, see, people can change for the better. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just think, yeah, I mean, like with Spider-Man, I think it's just going to ride the coattails of Endgame hardcore, and a lot of people are going to want to know what the world's going to look like after Endgame. And we know for a fact that as the Far From Home takes place, like, minutes after Endgame, so... The word is, too, that, you know, Endgame is not the last movie in this phase. They have actually came out and said that Far From Home is going to be the last uh, movie in this phase for the current Marvel films. Right. Right. Much like how Ant-Man was technically the last one in phase two. Because um, everyone's like, oh, Age of Ultron is the last one. It's like, nope. Nope, Ant-Man actually is. But, uh... Yeah, uh, Phase 3. It'll be over after fucking Spider-Man. And they said that uh, there are currently no... There are... There, well, I use quotation figures because I doubt it, but there are currently no plans, uh, concrete plans for future uh, Marvel films. Um, what I think they mean by that, or at least how I took it, is that nothing they want to announce. Yeah. I mean, because plus we know, two, we, they've got that know, merger. They've just acquired several properties back and major ones. They're probably they're probably going to have to readjust a lot of shit. But we know that we know that uh, um, that that Black Panther two is being written. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the, the director and writer's name. I'm drawing a fucking complete blank. But yeah, he came out and said like, "Yeah, we're writing a second one." We know James Gunn literally was brought back to do Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like, we know that for a fact. And, uh, but as from there, like, we don't know. We just don't know. That's why I, I sincerely hope that the post credit scene for Endgame is Spider-Man landing on the Baxter building. I really hope that's the case. Okay, Ryan Coogler is writing. Uh, Ryan Coogler. He's writing Black Panther 2. Um... Is he? I think he's going to be directing. I think he's going to be directing it as well. Yeah, because he directed the first one. So yeah, so it looks like he is going to be writing and directing the sequel. Yeah, he said he was working on the script. So, oh, sorry, but yeah, should we get to uh, some of our competitors' lists? Yeah, yeah, Uh, I've got these here. Um, So we'll. for some of these are, you know, if they submitted their first and last names, uh, we're just going to read your first name. I'm not going to worry about your initials or last name, so don't worry about that. Yeah, a few people did add their, uh, yeah. just just tag, like their username yeah, tag. Yeah, like. yeah. Like our first entry, uh, Remily. Uh, we know Remily. Uh, what are you doing there? I see what you're doing. 
I don't know. My cursor was like I, I, I just put it on the R of his name, and then it says but it like it like moved General, down. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at his list, and he's got oddly enough, he has Spider Man Far From Home number one and Endgame number two. So he stated the fact that he feels that Spider Man is a more popular character overall, and that's why he thinks it's going to do better. But my I was I immediately like mentioned to him I was like that's not how this works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, he has always been the flagship character of Marvel Comics, in my opinion. But he is not the most popular character right now. I mean, he's just not. But, yeah, uh, he's got Toy Story 4 as number three. Detective Pikachu at number four. John Wick 3 Parabellum at number five. Godzilla King of the Monsters at number six. Hobbs and Shaw at number seven. For number eight, here's the first time we're seeing this Shaft. Um, number nine, which yeah, the dead don't die. That's another first one. Uh, number ten, here's another first. Angel has fallen. He full on believes uh, that the third film in the Has Fallen trilogy is going to do fantastic. Which my response was, "Did you see the box office numbers from the other two? Because <laughs> no." <nope. laughs> Well, you know, you never know. We may be surprised. Uh, as for his Dark Horses, he's got Men in Black International, Rocket Man, and the Angry Birds movie, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see those three potentially. Uh, but his, his whole thing for Angry Birds 2 was uh, he really liked the first one and thought it was actually really well done and that he thinks it's going to do well. And I said... My problem is is that nobody's really playing the Angry Birds games anymore, especially kids yeah. who these films are marketed towards. So I think if if those guys were to somehow be able to make a movie off of, I don't know, Freddy's, Five Nights at Freddy's, it might do better. But. Yeah. yeah. If it were Fortnite, it would probably be the number one movie in the world. But <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. All right. Up next. Uh, so... Well, I was going to say, do, do you want to alternate? Yeah, go ahead. In reading him? Yeah. So the next one is my buddy uh, Nate. Uh, he goes by Danger Mouse. His list is... He's the greatest. He... Oh, wait. Not that Danger Mouse. Huh. No, I was, like, I was like, I don't know what theme you're singing the there. The Danger Mouse um, cartoon? Have you never? Is watched, that what it sounded like? Have you never watched Danger Mouse? I, I have absolutely watched Danger Mouse. I just don't remember the theme. That was the very first thing, and then it goes. And then the chorus breaks in. He's the greatest. He's fantastic. Wherever there is danger, he'll be there. <laughs> he's the ace. He's amazing. He's the strongest. He's the quickest. He's the best. <laughs> Danger Mouse. Sorry, I love Danger Mouse. Clearly, I uh, don't remember it enough to say it. Well, I uh, weep for you. <laughs> All right, anyway, moving on. Uh, his list is actually fairly formidable. I do feel like there are two movies he has in there that will not even scratch the surface of the top ten, but whatever. Yeah. Um. So he has he has uh, Endgame, then Detective Pikachu, then Aladdin. Then Spider-Man Far From Home, then The Lion King, then Toy Story 4, then Secret Life of Pets, then Tolkien, which I'm like, that's just a, auto, uh, not auto, but that's just a, uh, uh, 
Not a biography. It's a uh, biopic. Oh, okay. So it's like it's acted, but it's like based off of real accounts and shit like that. But it's based on J or is it J R R? The hell's his first name? I don't know. J. J J R Tolkien. Yeah, the guys who the guy who who wrote the Lord of the Rings. I think it was and John, Hobbit. but you know I could be mistaken. Um, so please, I, Tolkien for fans, some reason I my apologize. mind. Yeah, for some reason I, in my mind I, I was thinking like uh, he was a, a George R R Martin situation where you could you, you knew his first name, but um, but yeah, it's 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 just a biopic of his life and i just don't think it's gonna do well at all it's actually it's it's, it's actually jrr tolkien and it is john ronald ruel tolkien okay Okay. um so it was john but then anger (laughs) but then anger birds 2 which again we've stated is not gonna fucking scratch the surface the top 10 and then hobbs and shaw which i think is a good place for number 10 it's gonna do way better than that but uh his dark horses are dark phoenix Artemis Fowl and Dora the Explorer, or as the movie is technically called, Dora and the City of Gold, Lost City of Gold, hmm, something like that. But uh, I really think that Dora the Explorer is going to do awful at the box office. I think so too. Especially it's about ten years too late for that character's popularity. A hundred percent. That's why, like, not because people are going to shit on it or whatever. Like, I just think that the the there's not going to be very many kids that are going to be like, those girls are Dora. Now, when my daughter uh, was uh, a toddler, that was one of her favorite shows. You know, when she was two and three years old, which was nine, ten years ago, she absolutely adored yeah, gonna- that character. And that character was popular. Like- you go into Walmart, Toy Owls, and Target Toy Owls. There were lots of Dora the Explorer merchandise. Today, not so much. I feel I feel like if you were to if she was home right now and you bring her out into the living room and say, Do you want to see a Dora the Explorer movie? She would just immediately be like, No. I don't know. It's hard to say with her. Fair enough. But uh but yeah, that's his uh so we have we have another Next one. Next one up is our friend from Half Empty Energy Tank, Half Empty E Tank, aka Heat, Brittany Saturn. And she has submitted her list. And number one, she has Endgame. Number two, she has Detective Pikachu. Number three, Spider-Man Far From Home. And Toy Story 4, locked in at the number four position. Number five, John Wick 3 Parabellum. And then uh, she has Dark Phoenix at number six. The Lion King at number seven. Hobbs and Shaw at eight. Godzilla King of the Monsters at nine. And number ten. She made me raise my eyebrow here. Ma. Yeah, that one. Like, her list is really fucking good. Except for that number ten. And I, w- I want to know, if, if you listen to this, Brittany, send us a message in the Discord group. Give us a reason why you have Ma at ten. Because that that's the one that I think Josh and I were both like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and for her dark horses, she has uh, Aladdin, uh, which I would have personally put in the top ten and not my, but that's just me. Yeah. You know, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Men in Black International. Yeah, her list is solid. I think she's going to, she has a a very good chance at uh, winning that shirt. All right, uh, the next one up. You want to take that one? <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess. So I don't. So so we got one from uh, Brandy L. Um, we're leaving. We're leaving out last names just in case you guys don't want us to read your last names. Um. Uh, Brandy. Um, hit us up and let us know how you're doing. Uh, blink twice if you're okay. 
because uh, this list is um, how do I say this politely, Josh? It's a questionable list. <laughs> um, so she has she has and from number one to ten, Ugly Dolls, then Aladdin, then The Intruder, then Detective Pikachu, then Toy Story Four, then Forty Seven Meters Down, then Twenty One Bridges, then Overcomer, then Annabelle Comes Home. And then Good Boys. Nowhere on that list does she have Spider Man or Infinity, or sorry, or Avengers. Um, or Godzilla. She has. What's that? Or Godzilla. Or Hobbs and Shaw. Or, any, or, or Hobbs and Shaw. Or any of these big I mean, guaranteed blockbusters. She's got Toy Story 4, but she doesn't have The Lion King. Uh, so, yeah, it's a yeah, questionable I, list. Uh, you know, and maybe she tailored it to her personal tastes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but her her dark horses are Booksmart, which actually looks like a good movie, mm-hmm. Shaft, and Child's Play. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Brandy. I like I'm predicting you don't get more than twenty points. Ow! Like I I uh, appreciate you joining, appreciate you playing, but uh, over my years of playing this game, I like you put some movies in there that. I don't even think are going to break even at the box office. Uh, specifically, Ugly Dolls and Annabelle. So that's just that's just how I see it. Uh, and and here's the thing, guys. If I'm wrong and Brandy makes a shit ton of points and I we're fucking floored, um, that would be outstanding. I would love to see that. Yeah. And I'm actually I'm actually really happy that she submitted this list. Because it's so drastically different from any of the other lists that we received that I'm really curious how well she does. Yeah, yeah. Like, legitimately really curious, so. Well, um, you know, I, I said, this is your final, you want, you want to submit this. This is your finalized entry. She says, yeah. I said, I'm curious as to your reasoning. She thinks, she says, I think the general public is just tired of comic book movies. It's like, okay. I know there is a small vocal minority out there, in my opinion. It's a small vocal minority that says, yeah, comic book movies are overrated. Their time's come and gone. But current numbers don't really reflect that. They really, really don't. And, you know, you know, she said remakes the same, which is probably why she didn't put Lion King on there. But yet she had Aladdin on there. So I don't know. I do full on. I do full on believe in my heart of hearts that 2020 will be the year we get no uh, uh, Marvel films at all. I don't know. I, I don't, really don't. I again, I don't know for sure either. But like my my the re, my reasoning on Black that Panther is, two maybe. But it's being written. Like he said that this year. Yeah, it's being written, but there's still, you know. Uh, eight months left in this year, plus all of next year. So, in theory, in twenty you months' might, time, you could put together a movie and film it and post-produce it. You absolutely, you absolutely could. Uh, I you just don't have feel it for like a December Disney. release or something like that. But I think you know it's better to take a little bit longer and stretch it out a little bit more. And I would be fine if there's I, no Marvel movies next year. I was. I just honestly believe that Disney is going to have a cool off year. Mm-hmm. A cool off year, and so we're going to have no Star Wars, no Marvel, possibly no remake type of thing for Disney. I think Disney's going to have a full on cool off year next year. And you know, I think that's fair because I mean, let's look—they've got 
there's four movies they're coming out with this year that are guaranteed probably between those four movies to break $5 billion worldwide with Endgame, Star Wars, Rise of the Skywalkers, Lion King, and Aladdin. I'm looking at each of those to make at least a billion. Endgame might push a billion and a half. Star Wars is the same way. And, you know, uh, with Aladdin and Lion King, they're probably going to do about one, maybe 1.2. We might see five and a half billion dollar take from those four movies alone. Yeah, easily. Easily. So. But uh, why don't you go ahead and read off Dalton's yeah, list? Yeah, this is my boy Dalton. Uh, great dude. Uh, he uh, is on the Stasis Lock podcast, uh, which is part of the Cool Table Network. Um, you know, which is a hub of uh, hub of podcast from like minded uh, people, a uh, great bunch of great bunch, and you know the realm of collectors is uh, there. We got a couple of shows in that Cool Table Network as well. Wonderful group of people. We should really check out the realm of collectors and the Cool Table Network as a whole. But yeah, Dalton, he's a good friend of mine. Um, he has gotten uh, his number one pick is Avengers Endgame. Number two is The Lion King. Number three, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. He thinks it's going to do that well. Uh, number four, so this was uh, some Dark Horse picks, but he's got this one up there, and it might surprise us, is Rocket Man. Uh, number five, he's got Aladdin. Six, he's got uh, Detective Pikachu. Seven, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Surprisingly low for Spider-Man, in my mind, is number eight, Far From Home, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Men in Sorry. Black International at number nine and Dark Phoenix at number ten. Now, he thinks his Dark Horse picks, he thinks, and this is a surprising one for me, is Toy Story 4. Uh, Child's Play, uh, which it might, you know, do that well. And then New Mutants, I just don't see it making it to the box office, which is why that's a surprise for me. Uh, Disney... When you say when you say making it, are you talking about like uh, even being released in theaters? There's been a lot of talk. They don't know if it's going to be released in theaters or not, or if it's going to go like a direct to Hulu release. And I know somebody has said that there was one thing to confirm that said it would be released in theaters, but I can't find that report anywhere. I don't know. I was going to say because I, I remember I remember seeing that report as well. So I was like, I believe it is, but uh. they say they may go back and say, you know what, we're going direct to Hulu release. I'm just very skeptical of that movie making it to the box office at all, uh, just because of all the things we've heard about it. It's been a nightmare. I think of it will. Production. I, I, I yeah, and I I think it will just because I feel like Disney sees the potential of making some money off of it and marketing it again as like a solo X-Men film instead of like part of the the continuity and all that jazz. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm curious. I just don't think that Disney Disney sees this as like a loss in profit on their end. So they're just like fuck it, put it in theaters. Um but uh our next person is a good friend of the podcast. He actually helped us get this off the ground uh, back in the day. Uh, Anthony Bionis. Uh He also has terrible taste in movies. Yes, yes, uh, he does. And, and, uh, we love you, Anthony, but you can't spell, and you have terrible taste in anime. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I love him to death. Uh, he's not going to listen to this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, he actually might on this episode, just because his list is getting read. Yeah. But, um, 
Anthony Beans. Oh my god. The fucking he he donated money to something. It was Mega Manathon. It was Mega Manathon earlier this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Oh fucking killed me. Um he was trying to fucking dunk on me. He was trying to dunk on me, and they read Anthony Beans, and that's all any of us could fucking take of him. It was so funny. But anyway, so his list is uh Avengers and then Spider Man, then Aladdin. Then Hobbs and Shaw, even though he wrote down Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, then Lion King, then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, then Toy Story 4, then Pokemon, then Men in Black, and then Godzilla. Not, not a list. bad list at all. Not really. Solid list, yeah. I um, mean, I think all of those, I think he's, I think he's going to have all of them in the top ten, with the exception Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think he's got nine out of the top ten movies there. Absolutely. I think they're in the wrong spots. Well, obviously, if you were going to be in the wrong spots, but we could be proven wrong, man. He might, he might actually uh, be this Absolutely. If he, like, uh, that's another thing I want to talk about at the end of the podcast, but we'll get that in a second. Um, so his Dark Horse picks are Rocket Man, John Wick, and Child's Play. Yeah. Which are not bad Dark Horse. No, horses. no, not at all. Solid, solid list, Anthony. I'm, I'm interested to see how well he does. Now, this next one is my sister-in-law, actually, Misty's sister, Sheena. Um, she has, her number one is Endgame. Number two is The Lion King. Number three is Toy Story 4. Uh, number four is The Secret Life of Pets 2. Number five, she has Artemis Fowl. Now, I know her and Misty are both huge Artemis Fowl fans. Uh, they're really excited for the movie, and you got to think too. When Sheena makes this list, she has two kids. You know, she's got a daughter that's six, and her son. You know, he's twelve, about to be thirteen. Um, so, you know, I think she might be positioning some of these as movies she'll probably take her kids to see, but and probably thinking along the lines of a parent like that. But yeah, number six, she's got Detective Pikachu, seven Hobbs and Shaw. Eight Brightburn, nine Aladdin, ten Godzilla War of the Monsters, and in her dark horses she's got Dark Phoenix, uh, Rocket Man, and Tolkien. Now, yeah, not not a terrible. No, no, list, no. It's it's a little. A few of those picks are questionable, higher than I think they're going to do, but we could be wrong. Yeah, I just don't think Artemis Fowl has the uh, the 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 draw. I don't. I don't think it does either, but I would love for it to see it do well. I would think it more of a dark horse pick than a top ten pick. For sure. But I hope it does well. But uh, the Um, other entry is from her husband, uh, my brother-in-law. So, (laughs) you'll go ahead. His uh, his name's Sean, by the way. (laughs) Sean, yeah. His list is fucking solid. Uh, So, Sean's is uh, Endgame, then Toy Story 4, then Spider-Man, which is literally my top three. Brightburn. Curious as to why he thinks he's going to do that well. Um, but I did have it in my Dark Horses, so I think it could make top mm-hmm. 10. Um, Men in Black International, Dark Phoenix, Secret Life of Pets 2, Child's Play, Aladdin, and Pokemon. Uh, fucking very solid list. Um, he has in his Dark Horses uh, Lion King, The Dead Don't Die, and New Mutants. Fascinating Dark Horses. <laughs> I think, honestly, like, Putting Lion King in, 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 in not in your top ten, but then putting it in your Dark Horses is a very smart move, just because that might likely be a tiebreaker situation for him. So, that works, but yeah. 
Go ahead. Give me just a moment. The next one. Yeah, this, okay. this uh <clears throat> this next one is from a listener, Melissa. And her top ten, uh number one, she's got Avengers Endgame. Number two, Hobbs and Shaw. And number three is that Annabelle comes home. Uh number four is the Lion King. Number five Scary stories. I'm not so sure about that one. I think it's going to do well, but not, not top five. Top well, <laughs> uh, number six, okay. The Informer. Number seven, Men in Black International. Number eight, Aladdin. Number nine, and this is the only other one that I have seen uh, on on anybody's list. Ugly Dolls. Uh, number ten, Spider Man: Far From Home. Uh, and Dark Horses got Tolkien. Detective Pikachu and 47 meters down. So, another interesting list. Yeah, I'm curious as to how well it does, but there's still a lot of solid picks on there. Yeah, I, I, she definitely has a has a chance of, like, I think her list is definitely in the ballpark of hitting, uh, like, at least half of them and dead on spots. Um, there are a few questionable picks in regards to, like, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and Informer and Ugly Dolls. See, the reason that Ugly Dolls, I think, is going to do very poorly at the box office is it literally comes out the weekend after Endgame. Oh, yeah. And when blockbusters like Endgame come out, you almost never want to pick movies that are in the two weekends after. Yeah, yeah. Like, they still get stomped. So it's like, it's it's. I get why you're putting Ingrid, or Ugly Dolls in there. It looks like a, a good kid's film, but it'll, it'll get just flattened. By Endgame. Yeah. Um, and and you got to keep in mind, like, parents... A lot of parents these days don't want to spend a shit ton of movie at the th- or mo- uh, money at the theater. So, uh, it's like a movie every month, possibly every two weeks. And, I'm sorry, kids love fucking superheroes. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it it's expensive to go to the movie theater. I mean, like, for me... And Misty and Madison, if we go to we go to one specific theater, uh, the closest theater to us is about a forty minute drive away. We don't go to that theater because the audio quality and the it's just even though it's a newer theater, it's been around for just over a decade. It was built in the early two thousands, mid two thousands. It is an inferior theater to the other options we have available to us, and. You know, the one we go to is about a 90-minute drive. Now, it's also less than 10 minutes away from my sister-in-law's house. So, we go, when we go to the movies, we make a day of it. It's like a family outing. And so, like, we can't go see Avengers until, you know, Sunday, two days from now, uh, 4.30 in the afternoon. So, we'll probably get up and leave at like 11 and go over to Sheena and Sean's and hang out for a few hours before we go see Avengers, you know, grab some lunch and go to the theater. But for the three of us to go to a matinee showing, it is about $32 for our tickets, or 36 because we have reserved seating. We order them online, and there's like a $1.50 fee for processing fee for ordering them online and reserving our seats. Yeah. But... You know, it's like 36 bucks for our tickets. And then if we want concessions and we always get a drink and popcorn, you know, snacks like that, it's like another 20, 
$25 for the three of us. So it costs us anywhere from $55, $60 just for the three of us to go to the movies every time we go. So you got to think, yeah, you know, I mean, that's a lot of parents taking their kids multiple times a year. You know, you're looking at a family of three, if they go four times, that's $250, $300 they're going to be spending at the movie theater over the summer. Right, which is which is why it's fast. Like, now I'm giving these hints and tips from my experience playing this game over the years after we've read your lists because I didn't want to influence anything. Um, but like, Endgame is going to kill everything coming out May third and May tenth. Now I say that even though Pokemon Detective Pikachu comes out May tenth, I think it's going to um, have a longer drawing power than something that well than anything else other than Endgame. Right, it, it, it'll it be in the theater for a hot minute, even though fucking, like, two weeks after that is Aladdin. It's like, there's, it's just, it's crazy to see how the movies have been spaced out this summer, mm-hmm. which is why it's so, it was so difficult to take the knowledge I have and apply it to my list. Like, will fucking Detective Pikachu do poorly because Endgame? Will fucking Aladdin kind of ruin any potential... Uh, post fumes Detective Pikachu could have after Endgame kind of slows down a little bit the box. Like, there's all these fucking questions, and every week, every week has something that could potentially kill it. So it's just like it, oh. it's it's so such a rough fucking list. I, I, I've got a but the only I got one a last minute entry that was just messaged to me. Oh my god, fucking hitting that deadline! Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is from uh, listener Monica K. Uh, All right. Her number one pick is Endgame. Number two is The Lion King. Number three is Spider-Man Far From Home. Number four is Toy Story 4. Number five is Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, Number six is The Secret Life of Pets 2. Number seven is John Wick 3 Parabella. Number eight, uh, A Dog's Journey. Number nine, the sun is also a star. Number ten is Aladdin. And then as Dark Horse picks, Ugly Dolls, Detective Pikachu, and Men in Black International. So not, awesome. not, not a bad list. A couple of That's actually like, yeah, it's a solid list. And and again, I have to stress this enough. I'm I'm being critical of your guys' list. I'm saying certain things that might come off as rude. Um, I swear to God, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just like, from my experience with this with this game, uh, there's a very good chance that I'm wrong. Um, I've seen some crazy shit happen uh, that you just wouldn't expect ever. So there's a hundred percent chance that you guys could destroy us. Yep. Um, but. Uh, Josh, I wanted to bring up to you before we get into anything else, uh, cause we gotta end soon, cause I gotta, I gotta go to work in a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to bring up to you a small wager between you and I. Okay. Something that we would have to do, record it, and post it on the, on the YouTube channel that we don't use. I swear um, to God, I'm eventually go. gonna get that caught up. <laughs> I've just been so busy with other things it's not been a priority yeah I know I gotcha it's, it's <clears> fine um, 
But I was thinking, like, what is a food that you hate? Like, that you just absolutely despise? Um, well, you gotta be more specific, because there's a lot. <laughs> now, there are foods that I'm allergic to. I have, uh, I'm allergic to eggs, and I'm allergic to mushrooms. So, by default, I have to hate those. Uh, well, okay, right. I, I mean, like, a food that you can safely eat, but you absolutely do not want to. <laughs> cabbage of any sort. So, okay, so here, okay, here's my thing. Um... I, I honestly don't know a food that I absolutely hate. Uh, so what I'll do is uh, I'm honestly trying to think of a food that I absolutely despise. Because I'm not a picky eater by a long shot. Um, genuinely like a lot of different types of foods. Um Oh, you're trying to make a personal wager. Whoever does better in this has to, you know, the loser has to eat something they absolutely hate. Fuck yep. you. And, and film it. Fuck you. And I'm not it. eating cabbage. I was going to say you'd have to eat sauerkraut. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I hate, oh, man, when I was a kid, and I've tried, I've tried multiple times over the years to eat cabbage. I don't even want cabbage in a stew. I think it's terrible. Uh, I hate the flavor. I hate the odor of it when it's cooking. I just hate everything about it. So I don't eat. As a result, I don't eat sauerkraut. I don't eat coleslaw. What? I don't eat. What other wager would you want to try to do? Uh, with cabbage in them. I don't eat. Uh, you know, and I love a Reuben, but I get a Reuben without sauerkraut because fuck sauerkraut. Um. It's just gross. I fucking love sauerkraut. <laughs> You're also of German descent. That's true. So I don't know that that matters, considering I have brothers who hate sauerkraut. Okay, but. well, they're reasonable and rational like I am. So. <laughs> I said I'm not picky. You could literally name just about any food and I would enjoy it. Really? I just don't know, like... Man... Uh, they, they they make some weird dishes where I live. You ever heard of fried okra? I love fried fried okay. okra. You kidding me? <laughs> it's literally the root of a plant. Who wants to eat that shit? Yeah, I also eat carrots and fucking well, potatoes, carrots which and are pota- roots I of eat plants. Carrots and potatoes too. Yes, I'm talking about the green. Ugh. Yeah, I love carrots actually. Okay, so bad example comparison. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Well, we got we got to come up with something that is is unpleasurable for the loser. <laughs> well, it has to be unpleasurable for both of us too. So, well, that's what I said. Like my my food would have been different than yours. Well, obviously, um, I just don't. But you can't think of. A I was food thinking maybe something. Clothes. Well, I was thinking something more painful. I guess. Like, uh, maybe a, like a hotter pepper, like maybe find a fucking scotch bonnet or a, uh, scorpion. Or Carolina Reaper or... Or a Carolina Reaper or something like that, yeah. Because the, the hottest pepper I've ever eaten is a, is a habanero. Yeah, habaneros are hot, but they're like number four on the hot scale now. Uh, right, so, so I, would, got- I would, I would, I leg- would uh, I would go out of my way to find something that would be extremely painful. Or, oh, Josh, I have a good idea for my for my punishment. 
That19.com has uh, uh, chocolate that is the hottest chocolate on the planet. Like, it, it's uh, Scoville hits higher than those peppers. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Like, if you go there and look up, like, their hot peppers, it's insane. But, um, uh, I could just buy that <laughs> and then film it. I don't know, I don't man. want to do I that. I don't know, man. I just... The idea of eating anything with cabbage in it disgusts me. Well, what punishment would you want to do? I don't know. I don't like to be punished. Oh my god, Josh. It's a goddamn bet. I know. I still don't want to be punished. Because while I'm confident in my list, I'm not that confident. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not like, oh, I'll never have to eat cabbage confident in my list. Mm, you're... You're super fun. You're, you're just the, the life of the party here. <laughs> I'm also I'm, 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 I'm also weird, and I'm not going to eat shit on camera. I'm also weird like that. Well, I just want I want something fun for the audience that you and I have well, to do. Well, that's, we'll that's think of idea. it, and we've got plenty of time to come back to it and approach it. We do, yeah, we do. So we don't have to agree on anything today. We have until Labor Day weekend to come up with a reasonable punishment. Yes. I want a lighthearted bet that is something that, both, like, your your punishment is not necessarily, like, the worst goddamn punishment on the planet, and neither is mine. I do really like spicy foods, so there's a part of me that wants to kind of try those no, peppers. you can try them anyway. I mean, I love spicy foods myself. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, we're going to have to end the, the podcast here soon, guys. Um, but yeah, I just want to bring that up. Also, I want to say if, uh, so the, so the, the rewards, if you are the, the top scoring, uh, uh contestant in the, the respective list that you submitted, um, you'll win a t-shirt. You win a Flat free out. all queued up t-shirt. In your choice of available colors, uh, from our uh, Redbubble store, which is uh, Redbubble www.redbubble.com slash people slash all hyphen queued hyphen up slash shop. Uh, we have both men's and women's styles. Mm, styles, pardon me. And we uh, there's also universal, you know, uh, unisex tees. So. If you're a woman, a bunch of um, you like more of a unisex tea, you can get that. But if you're a female and you win, you can get a female style of tea. Um, but yeah. Uh, so so I want I want to throw another little caveat in there. Something I didn't necessarily talk to you about with Josh because it's it doesn't necessarily like you don't have to do anything with this. Um, this is more for you guys, and this is this is just for fun. If you can beat. So I want to I keep that thing. If you can beat Josh and I score, meaning that if you beat my score, but you don't beat Josh's, you don't win. Um, but if you beat both of us individually, I will personally buy you a $25 gift card to the store of your choice. Nice. All right. To be Amazon, GameSpot, fucking Adam and Eve. I don't care. Oh, okay. I, I, I will get you a $25 gift card personally if you can beat our scores. 
No. Again, not combined. Not combined. No, no. Individually. Yeah. I mean, you just have to rank higher than both Greg or myself, you know, say if I got 75. No, oh, and. It has to be Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, if I got like 75 points, you got, say, 79 points, they would have to have 80 points or better. Uh, yes, yes. Basically, basically, the higher of us two, you have to beat that score. Yeah. Um, if, if you are able to do that, I will personally get you that $25 gift card to a store of your choice. If, and this is the big one, if you're able to get a perfect score, that means one through ten, dead on. Uh, what's the what's the what word for that, Josh? Well, a perfect score. You know, you accurately pick picks one through ten on the nose. I mean, that's the only way you can get a perfect score. No, I mean, no, I mean, what's 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 the reward for that? If they if they're uh, well, we'll give them the twenty five dollar gift certificate from the store of their choice, plus uh, fifty dollars in credit towards any merchandise from the all queued up uh, Red Bubble shop. There you go. So there you go. You know. Um, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of potential prizes to be won. Um, but it should be fun. Uh, I think one of the big things is if you want that, if you want your movie to uh, to make the top ten, you should probably go pay to see it in theater. I don't think that matters necessarily, but uh, um, guys, thank you so 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 much for submitting your lists. Uh, I was a, I was a little worried that we wouldn't get a whole ton, but you guys fucking showed up and were like, "Hey, here's a bunch of lists," so it's fucking awesome. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I have a lot of fun doing this every year. Um, even the lists that I don't think are going to do very well, I'm actually very curious how well they do. Um, like a lot of you guys put things on your list that I just didn't even think that would even scratch the top ten. Uh, but then again. Like I said last year, I didn't think that the third uh, Transylvania Hotel was going to scratch the top ten, and it was like number six. So, Ugly Dolls could somehow etch etch out there and fucking hit the top ten. Um, hell, for all we know, fucking Aladdin and Lion King could just just be shit at the box office. Uh, there's a lot of potential here for crazy outcomes. Um. So it's a very, very curious year. I'm very excited for a lot of these films. Um, but yeah, guys, again, thank you so much for, for being here with us and enjoying this. Uh, next week, uh, Josh and I will be reviewing Guava Island on Amazon Prime by Donald Glover and uh, Santa Clara Diet Season 3 with uh, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore and... Tim, Tim, oh, Tim the Tim Elephant. Elephant. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. I was going to get there. Um, anything else you want to add, Josh? No. I'm good. <laughs> nah. We're good. Nah. Uh, guys, I might be an emotional wreck next week because Endgame and Game of Thrones is going to fucking destroy me. Um, but uh, it'll be a fun emotional wreck. So join us next week for those two shows. And... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the summer movie wager in the Labor Day weekend. Um, but again, thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>